What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good episode for you this week. Hope you all out there in uh, podcast land have had a good week. Uh, so had have had a good week. Excuse me. Um, uh, let's. Uh, we got a couple things to get into. Get into Jerry Jones. Let me get into what I think about the chances of Kaepernick being signed by an NFL team. I'll, get, I'll touch on NASCAR banning Confederate flags at their event. I'll touch on the Knicks' phony statement given by uh, the inept and the incompetent and clueless tone-deaf James Dolan. And, uh, and I got some uh, podcast news to share towards the end of the program. But uh, first things first, we'll start out with the NFL. And Jerry Jones, cowboy owner, um, for whatever the reason, uh, whether it's the fact that he's scared to basically stand up to his buddy Trump, or scared to upset the, uh, or scared to upset the, the quote unquote, uh, Blue Lives Matter, or, or quote unquote, uh, the 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 uh, the Trumpian cowboy fan that he has down in Dallas, but. I don't know what it is, but he has been mute since uh, essentially every sports team and every big name, top of the line corporation has spoken out and given a statement or two based on the tragic and unfortunate and moving death of uh, George Floyd up in Minnesota. That occurred about three, three, four, that occurred about three weeks ago. He among and he stands out the most because you can make the argument that he is the most powerful owner in the NFL. Um, he's certain, you know, he's one of the most powerful owners in the league. He owns a uh, he he owns one of the most um, one of the biggest franchises, not just of not just. In the NFL, but in all of sports, that that's not that's not just America. That's North America. That's the world. You know, one of the I mean that they, along with the uh, Lakers, the Yankees, and a couple other uh, soccer teams, I would imagine. But the Cowboys are one of, are worth are one of the top top of the line of the of the team that has the. Uh, that's worth the most as far as uh, as far as billions of dollars are concerned, and you know, and Jerry Jones is the face of that, you know, with his uh, with his gigantic stadium at uh, Ar- in Arlington, AT and T Stadium. And he has that nice little uh, complex that he has in Frisco, Texas, and then not to mention, of course, it is America's team with the star on the helmet, the iconic uniforms. You know the all-time greats that played for that team: Starbuck, uh, Starbuck, Meredith, uh, Landry, of course, with the coach Jimmy Johnson in the '90s, um, Emmett Smith, Troy Aikman, uh, Michael Irvin, Tony Romo. I mean, he's not an all-time great, but you know the whole one of the main major reasons why he has a CBS job is because he was a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, you know, just just to be fair and call it like we see it. Um, so you know, and and of course, Super Bowls that they won back in the '90s, and Jerry Jones has been the owner of the Dallas Cowboys for 31, 30. I think I think he bought the team in 1989. I can go check that out. 
but he's been the owner of the Cowboys for the last uh, 30 plus years. So essentially, he's owned the team for the last uh, generation. I think generation is every 30 years, if I'm not mistaken. So he has owned the team for uh, for a generation. Let me see. Make sure I get this right. Has owned the Dallas Cowboys since then. Yeah, so he's owned the team for for 31 years. So, uh, and you know, and he's one of, like I said, he's one of the most influential owners of all of American sports and definitely the most influential and the most powerful owner in the NFL. And he has uh, remained silent, has been silent um, on uh, essentially, uh, uh, you know, standing up to Trump and saying, you know what, black lives do indeed matter. Um, and he's received, and he's received many, excuse me, has received much criticism for it and rightfully so, because, you know, this to Jerry Jones has buddies, buddies with Donald Trump and Donald Trump and, is, you know, and you know, take it for this work that Donald Trump and the majority of his base, you know, they, they don't like it when players go out and kneel during the national anthem and they are, and Donald Trump has never has gone out and went up on a limb and see Black Lives Matter, unlike, you know, Utah, unlike Re- Republican out of Utah, Mitt Romney, who, you know, you saw a couple of weeks ago, went out and marched and said Black Lives Matter. You know, outside of him, there's not many two Republicans, especially the ones that affiliate themselves with Donald Trump, has gone out there and, and have said, you know what, and has said the three words, Black Lives Matter. And he's received plenty of, uh, plenty of, uh, backlash for it for not giving his opinion on George Floyd's death. Now, do we need do we need to necessarily hear what Jerry Jones says? No, we do not. It's not a matter of life or death. He's not the president of the United States, but at the same time as a man that that has employed plenty of black men throughout the 31-year tenure, he's been the owner of the Dallas Cowboys and certainly with his affiliation and his friendship and kinship with Trump definitely raises some eyebrows. So he's been free to give his opinion on everything underneath the sun. You have to, you know, it makes you question why why has he been so quiet with George Floyd's death? And my and my answer is is that he basically does want to upset the apple cart with his Republican contemporaries and basically get an angry phone call from his buddy sitting at the White House and Donald Trump. And that, and that, and quite frankly, that's the reason why he's been quiet and that's why he's been silent. Now he's now he's been getting ripped rightfully so, but I mean Jerry, if you don't want to get ripped, but what I I say what's more important, I I would put the trust me, you you got plenty of billionaire friends, okay? You don't need the one of the most divisive people in the world and Donald Trump to be one of them, especially within this climate with what's going on in the world right now. So if I was Jerry Jones. You know, Goodell wasn't afraid to stand up to him. You shouldn't be either. You know, and it and it would go a long way. You know, as an owner of a football team that that you know the top the the three best players of the team arguably, if Dak is not, but granted the team doesn't have a whole lot of superstars, but the but the three primary faces of the franchise in the Dallas Cowboys with Dak, Zeke, and then Ceedee Lamb, who they drafted this past April are the three quote-unquote cornerstones of the franchise who are all black. No, and Jerry Jones is also, to his credit, he's also been the guy that's, that's uh, that 
isn't afraid to give uh, to give the the NFL miscreant who nine times out of ten are black. He isn't afraid to give them a second chance as far as an you know as far as an NFL career is concerned. Greg Hardy, I could go Pac Man Jones, I could go on and on and on and on and on. But he he isn't afraid he isn't afraid to give brothers who have who have faced um you know who's fa- you know who's faced some controversy in their career he isn't afraid to give them a second chance to to Jerry Jones credit but still man up Jerry and say something cuz if you do it go a long way and you'd have a lot of people's respect now pop I'm reading Popovich came out about 45 45 plus minutes ago you know Popovich ripping the NFL craft and Jerry Jones well Popovich, I, Popovich has got a, you know, I saying that they're hypocrites. Well, Pop, well, when time came with the China thing, he was mute. So if I'm Pop, I, you know, who, you know, whose opinion is, you know, it's some a lot of times it's warranted, and I rarely disagree, if at all, of the things that that Popovich has to say when it comes to politics and social issues. But on this, but on this case, Pop, you can't, you can't, you can't be quick you call out Kraft and, and and Jones I'll I'll buy it but you can't sit here and call out the NFL with this not not when your league not when your league was emute well not emute but was mute when it came to basically being afraid to upset the apple cart with China and the disgrace that they've done with Hong Kong. You and everybody you Steve Kerr everybody else was mute. Didn't 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 say didn't say a word. And was afraid to upset the apple cart with China because of money. And you, and you, and you wanted to be buddy buddies with China. So it's, Popovich isn't wrong, but let's be fair. Okay, when it when it came to this little issue with China back in October, he, Kerr, and Vert, Adam Silver, and the entire NBA, LeBron included. I mean, gotta be fair here. They 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 had they had nothing to say. Mum mum was the word. So Popovich has got to, you know, he can't be so quick to call out the NFL or how dare the NFL, they're hypocrites, you know, they ban and kneeling, owners are friends with Trump and yada, yada, yada. Yet when that little, uh, yeah, when that little social justice time came as far as standing up to China with the, with their communist treatment of, uh, of Hong Kong, they, they said nothing, which is a problem. But I can't argue with the fact that Kraft and Jones come off across as hypocrites, because you, you know I, I can't argue, I can't fight uh, Popovich with that point, because Kraft and Jerry Jones are buddy buddies with Trump, and Trump op, op, from what from the perception that's been given off, Trump clearly doesn't think that Black Lives Matter, and clearly could give two horse craps about the about the peaceful protesters that are going along this country trying to provoke change so he could care less. But then Kraft talks out of both sides of his mouth and is basically part of the unison of, you know, because it can't be both Kraft. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you, you can't, you can't dip your, you can't, you can't uh, double dip here. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. You can't basically be buddy, buddy and support be a friend and a and a polit- and a political supporter of Trump, who clearly is against Black Lives Matter, who who hasn't said the phrase, who 
you know, who basically, when a looting starts, the shooting starts and isn't afraid of telling his police officers, you know, to basically tear gas and scare away the peaceful protesters that's go, that, that are going along peacefully protesting in this country. But yet, Black Lives Matter, I fully support our place. You can't have it both ways, Kraft. You can't. That's item number one. Item number two is uh, Colin Kaepernick and get on this touch I'll touch on this a little bit um the matter of uh Colin Kaepernick's NFL future honestly if you ask me about whether Kaepernick will play again I honestly I don't have an answer for you um first of all it all depends on whether or not Kaepernick wants to play if Kaepernick you know if Kaepernick likes the lifestyle and likes how he's basically been you know, how he's basically been a, uh, now nah, I've said this before. I've said this before early. I, nah, well, I haven't said this on the show. I actually put this in a little thing for school. We were asked to compare Kaepernick to Muhammad Ali. Kaepernick is nowhere even close. I mean, they, hey, has some similarities with Muhammad Ali, but when it comes to being a civil rights, uh, icon and civil rights activist and being a quote unquote, you know, being an American icon, so to speak, in the athletic field, Colin Kaepernick is nowhere, isn't even in the same ballpark as Muhammad Ali is. But he, I think he's he enjoys being an activist. He enjoys being the you know being known as the as the player that put his career and put everything on the line, just you know to to take a knee in protests of uh, of what of a cause that me along with many others were behind him for you know but. But then again, Cap. See, then the argument comes with Kaepernick, is that um, is you know the argument that Kaepernick is no Muhammad Ali, which I which I would agree with, comes from the idea that you know he didn't he didn't vote. He didn't vote, um, and you know, and the Castro T-shirt obviously was was terrible, and the fact that he you know, and the fact that he wore the, the the cops as pigs socks, which which Muhammad Ali wouldn't do. So Cap Kaepernick is no, you know, he's no perfect activist by any stretch of the imagination. But the, but the cause that he was for, I'm one thousand percent behind him, and I am one thousand percent support him. But he but he went about it all wrong. So I don't know whether Kaepernick is interested in returning back to football. Or or what? I you know he he took the money with that with that uh, civil case with uh, with the NFL to basically not share what was what was said and what happened in that meeting. So I mean I don't know. I mean, you know he's got the little deal with Nike with the commercial that he had about a year and a half two years ago. So I mean I don't know. I mean if he's still interested in playing, there should, there are teams. That should sign him as as a backup quarterback, if not a starter. If you could find a team, you know that would be willing to bring him in as a starter. Um, no team in the AFC North would bring him in. That's out. Uh, you go to AFC West. Uh, you couldn't find anyone there. You know, you got Mahomes. You know, Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes to the Chiefs. Uh, the Jaguars, not the Jaguars, the Chargers just drafted the quarterback. The Broncos have Drew Locke, and uh, this is another team. Then the Raiders still have uh, Derek Carson there, so it's not the West. 
Uh, the South, Deshaun Watson, that's out. Um, the Colts have Rivers, but I I guess he could go to Indianapolis, but but the but it, but then again, if for a starter role, he's not gonna he's not gonna I wouldn't think be put over uh, Philip Rivers. Um, Tennessee just gave Tannehill a contract extension. And the Jaguars are head over heels in love with with that average quarterback in Gardner Minshew. So, I mean, there are plenty of spots for him, for him to be a backup starter. I'm not so sure. In the East, they're not. he's not going over Haskins. He's not going over uh, Danny Dimes. He's not going over Daniel Jones. He's not, oh, he's not going over uh, Carson Wentz. And he's not going over. What's there's another team in the, Oh yeah, and he's not going over Prescott. So you go AFC, NFC North. Cousins no, Rodgers no, Stafford no, and the Bears are sitting there with Trubisky and Foles. So he's out. Uh, in the South, they got three. They got Winston. They got Winston, Breeze, and Hill, so he's definitely. It, it would make the most sense logically with what Drew Brees said. And it it would make logical sense, but from a football standpoint, but from a football standpoint, it, it, what do you get out of having four quarterbacks on your roster? Breeze, Hill, Winston, and and Kaepernick. Unless you unless you want to cut Winston and sign Kaepernick, it would make the most sense from a from a from a PR standpoint. But Kaepernick, but no team is having is carrying four quarterbacks on their fifty uh, two man roster. Uh, Buccaneers have Brady, so that's out. Um, Atlanta has Matt Ryan, and the Pan- and the Panthers aren't getting the quarterback either. Um, with the NFC West, uh, he isn't, if he went back to San Francisco, he isn't starting over Garoppolo. Um, he's not starting over Russell Wilson, um, who, and Pete Carroll trying to tell us that, you know, well, I support Kaepernick this and Kaepernick and Kaepernick. Pete Carroll trying to tell us about Colin Kaepernick, yet when the time came for Pete to sign Kaepernick in 2017, you know, and he asked whether or not he'd be kneeling, and the team blew him off. So I don't want to hear anything from Pete Carroll. Um, you know, he's not going over Russell Wilson. He's he's. I would entertain it myself, but I don't think McVay is going to put. You know, is going to necessarily be open to the idea of starting Kaepernick over Goff, and the Cardinals have Kyler Murray. Um, let's go. I think I touched every team in the NFC, AFC, AFC East. Stidham, I would if I was Belichick, I'd give Kaepernick a chance. Um, but again, that's Belichick, and he, you know, and you know, with Kraft and with the with the Kraft and the Trump scenario, so you know, and the Patriots, it's a little dicey. But I, he could start. I would, I would entertain a, uh, I'd entertain a, uh, you know, a fight for the starting job between Stidham and Kaepernick. Um, but again, Belichick doesn't have like that offense that Kaepernick would, you know, would 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 uh would function in because he's more that pistol read option type, you know, the Russ, you know, for the Kyler Murray, the Lamar Jackson, the Russell Wilson, they, you know, he plays in those type of offenses, but um, but there's not a team that outside of the Patriots which he, you know, is not starting over Donald, um, Tua, uh, uh-uh. uh. 
and it's not not over the kid out of Wyoming, or Josh. So, I mean, the Patriots really would be the only team I I see that he that if he was signed, he could get he could have the starting job. Everywhere else, he would he would make a decent backup. And New and again, New Orleans would make the most sense from a PR standpoint, but they're not going to carry four quarterbacks on the roster, and they just got finished paying Winston. Although in my mind, I'd cut Winston to sign Kaepernick, but it wouldn't. But it wouldn't be like Kaepernick would see the field. If Breeze gets injured, you'd put in Taysom Hill because because he has the experience. Kaepernick hasn't pl- hasn't played in about three three years three and a half, three years. If you just want to have him on the team to earn an NFL paycheck, you know, and have him, you know, go throughout and practice and stuff like that, then Kaepernick would make the most sense from a PR standpoint. Just you know, just, you know, and him and Breeze get the it, it would be a it would be a nice little moment, but it wouldn't make the most sense from a football standpoint to carry four quarterbacks on the roster and just having to eat that money with with Winston. It wouldn't be like Kaepernick would see the field anyway because he's. He's ain't, he ain't starting over Breeze, no matter how much the people in New Orleans say after Drew Breeze and blow him off the field. And he's and he's not going over Taysom Hill, who has who has more recent NFL experience than Kaepernick does. But I don't know if Kaepernick's open to play. You know, he he definitely deserves a shot. But that's the question that needs to be asked, and that's the question for Kaepernick to ask the answer because. I don't think, from what I've heard, that no one has actually went out there and asked Kaepernick if he's open to play. And if he's open to play, and if he still wants to play in the NFL, absolutely, 1,000%, he deserves a chance. He deserves a chance. But but, I, but outside of New England Patriots, it's not a team I, I, I you know, I went down, I, I went down nearly almost all the teams, in the, all 32 teams. There's not a team in the NFL outside of the Patriots where you look at it, you go, ah, he can be a starter for that football team. Everywhere else, he's a, he's a backup. Patriots, who really, who I'm, I'm not sold on Jared Stidham. I mean, Belichick, he's got, he's got six championships as a Patriots head coach for a reason, but I don't see anything in Jared Stidham. But outside of Patriots, there's really not a team that he could, that he could start for. A lot of teams outside of the Saints, he could be a backup and from a football standpoint, but only one I could see with being a starter, and that's the Patriots. Last thing that I get to a break, um, NASCAR came down earlier this week banning the use of Confederate flags, or excuse me, Confederate flags uh, at their races and at their events. And, um, and there's his driver. Um, from Ellicott City, Maryland, named Ray Cicerelli, whatever his name is. I shouldn't even pronounce it right. He's an absolute idiot. Who said that he will be leaving the sport at the end of the season in disagreement over the new policy ending uh, the the flying of Confederate flags at at their events, saying, quote, on Facebook, well, it's been a fun ride, dream come true, but if this is the direction NASCAR is headed, we will not participate in the 2020 season after it's finished. I don't believe in kneeling during the National Anthem, nor people nor taking people's right to fly whatever flag they love. I could care less about the Confederate flag. There are people that do. It doesn't make them a racist. If all you are doing is 
is bleeping one group to cater to another. I ain't spend the money. We are to participate in any political BS. So everything is for sale. I got plenty. First of all, on NASCAR, I applaud them for that. For you know, for banning the Confederate flag. I mean, if it ain't if it ain't a, if you don't if you take out the part of the fact that it's a symbol for white supremacy in America and a symbol for racism. If you just, just if you even take that out alone, it's the if you take away the race relations part out of it, the Confederate flag is anti-American. It's it's the opposite of being patriotic. Because in case you all forgot, the Confederacy were rebels that went against America, went against the Union that wanted to secede from the Union to create their own country. So the Confederate flag is anti-American. So a good job by uh, NASCAR with that. Um, to get to this Ray idiot, okay, he's you can't sit up. Okay, this is a lot. This is a big problem that I have. You can't sit up there and say like he did. I don't believe in kneeling during the anthem, but yet at the same time support people flying a Confederate flag. You can't. You can't pick. You can't pick and choose. You can't say, well, I'm against kneeling. It's disrespectful to the flag, disrespectful to America and everything else. Yet before people flying a flag that's anti-America. That, that, you know, the people that flew that, that, flew that flag were traitors of, of this country. And, and just take the race stuff out of it, which is, which is obvious. And which is, you know, take that stuff out of it. But just on a sheer fact that the Confederacy betrayed america and were traitors and wanted to secede from the union just on that alone the confederate flag should be a no-go because if you really are if you really are patriotic which this guy quote-unquote claims to be and, and he and along with many others if you are really patriotic and love america and respect the flag and this that and the other well why the hell are you find the damn confederate flag for you can't you can't fly the Confederate flag and the American flag right next to each other and think just some some uh, some uh, red blooded American patriot. It doesn't work that way. You can't have it both ways. They contradict each other. You can't fly the stars and stripes and then be pro stars and bars. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. You can't call yourself a patriotic American that respects the flag, respects the anthem, this, that, and the other, and then turn around and fly the Confederate flag. The, the, two, the two don't mix. Those two flags were on opposite sides of battlefields back in the 1860s. The two don't mix. You can't say, well, I'm against the flag, and Captain Kneeling is disrespectful, and this, that, yet fly a Confederate flag. Hold on. If if there's anything that disrespect to the flag in America, it's flying it's flying the flag of the traitors. Come on, let's have some common sense here. They were traitors. Let alone, they 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 were pro-slavery and were white supremacists and racists. And and I went and looked back and looked. This racist Silvery, whatever his name is, this this dope from Ellicott City, Maryland, his race his racing record is so bad that it won't even like 
it's not like the sport will miss him. I looked. I went back and looked at his record. This guy stinks. It's a symbol of white supremacy, and it's a symbol of the fact that that little uh, temporary country seceded and was anti-American. They wanted to get away from the Union. I don't see what's so so hard to grip about that. I really, I really, really don't. You can't sit up there and get on Kaepernick and get on the place for kneeling during the anthem. Yet turn around and fly a Confederate flag and call yourself a a red blooded uh, patriotic American. It because it, it, it doesn't go both ways. It doesn't. The, the, the two contradict each other. You can't get on them for disrespecting the flag, yet you disrespect for by fly, by flying that piece of garbage. We're saying it's not racist. The hell it is. The confed the Confederates were the slave states. They were pro slavery. They were the white supremacists. So why and why is it such a big deal with the Confederate flag? They they lost the war, and slavery has been eradicated for a hundred plus year, hundred and twenty five plus years, hundred fifty something like that. What's the big deal? Why why is America why does America have such a huge problem with getting rid of that dopey flag? Germany. If you if you go to Germany and, f- and fly a Nazi swastika, you're 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 arrested. Out, flag's gone. Out. But yet, flying a Confederate flag here is quote unquote freedom of speech, or quote unquote family heritage, or quote unquote family tradition, and all that other bull. I don't get it. I don't get it. Come right back. I'm gonna get on those. I'm gonna get on James Dolan. In the next, back after this. to Metallica TIE's podcast. Switching gears now to uh, things of the National Basketball Association, and that is Nick's owner, uh, the disgraceful, the incompetent, the terrible, the childish, 
James Dolan. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, James Dolan, in case you forgot, basically gave a terrible reason, a terrible excuse to why the Knicks then release a statement regarding the death of George Floyd. And it's basically because it basically said, among other things, that we don't feel like that we have the right or the authority to say anything. Well, he got killed for that, and rightfully so. But you would think that after you had a week to think about and to process the criticism that you got and had a week, you know, watching the news, reading the papers, seeing the protests and everything else, you would think that after a week after it happened, a week and a half, two weeks after the uh, the uh, the death of Floyd happened, you would have the decency and the intelligence and the common sense to produce a terrific statement on Floyd's death. Especially considering that the majority of the NBA, it's 75-80% black as far as the players are concerned. And the NBA's fan base is also predominantly black. You would think that. You, 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 would, you would think that you would take the time out and produce a magnificent hit him out the park statement on Floyd's death. You would think that, right? Well, like the New York Knicks do on the basketball court in the draft war room, and pretty much everything else that the New York Knicks affiliate themselves with, even when it comes to public relations and how they handled themselves as a business when it came to how they treated Spike Lee back in March before this whole, before the COVID quarantine set in. It's almost as if everything the New York Knicks affiliate themselves with turns to crap. And I don't mean the New York Knicks as an organization throughout their history. I'm talking about the New York Knicks since they've been under the ownership of James Dolan. Who is up there with Peter Angelos, Paul, excuse me, Mike Brown, Peter Angelos, Dean Spanos, uh, the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays, Sternberg, and uh, give me another NFL team. And I'll go Mark Davis. He's up there with one of the worst owners in sports. He's the worst. 
James Dolan takes the he you can make the argument that James Dolan is the worst owner out of all the four major American slash Canadian sports, North American major sports. You can make that argument, and I will not fight you on it. Because this is the same James Dolan that treated Spike Lee, who's been going to Nick games long before James Dolan owned the team, and will go to Nick games and be a diehard Knicks fan long after Dolan either dies or sells the team, who can recall the 1973 championship like it happened yesterday. Who he said on first take earlier this week, I forget what championship it was, but he was in Madison Square Garden for one of the championships that they had going on 50 years ago. He was he was in the building for it. Who was a New York Knick diehard through and through. Treated Spike Lee like trash when the Knicks were scheduled until, of course, Corona shut down the NBA season. Or suspended the NBA season, I should say. If Corona didn't happen, the New York Knicks were going to have a 50th anniversary reunion of the 1970. New York Knicks championship. And you know who they did not invite to the seven to the seventies Knicks reunion? Someone who's been the voice of basketball for forty as a matter of fact, has been a voice of basketball for fifty years, whether it be Nick whether it be doing the Knicks on radio, on television. Do an NBA for TNT or doing the NBA on NBC back in the 90s in Marv Albert. He didn't invite Marv Albert, who was the radio voice of the Knicks at the time, to the Knicks 50th team, to the 50th anniversary of the Knicks 1970 championship. Marv Albert, who's been the voice of basketball for the last relatively 50 years who is to basketball what Vince Scully is to baseball and what uh who's been around football a long time uh, yeah I mean you can't walk well I guess football I can't give you one because you know they've because there's not been like a guy that's been that's done football locally and nationally for a long period of time, so I can't give you the football. But who? But Marv, being back to my point, Marv Albert is to basketball what Vince Scully is to baseball, or the late Jack Buck was to baseball, and they didn't invite him. I could also bring up the numerous amounts of times where James Dolan basically said. Into one fan, I'll never forget. Become a Nets fan because the Knicks don't want you, because he criticized his ownership of the team and criticized the team. The disgusting, sorry, pathetic bunch that they put on a basketball court every night. 
I could also bring up many a time where he banned Charles Oakley from Madison Square Garden. I could also bring up the many a time where he's banned numerous amounts of fans from Madison Square Garden and has fired back at him like a like a soft and sensitive punk that he is for simply telling Dolan to sell the team, which he should. I could I could bring I could bring up the fact of uh, basically the hiring of Phil Jackson as a GM. I I could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. But I think this might take the cake. James Dolan and the New York Knicks earlier this week released one of the most pathetic statements on George Floyd's death and the Black Lives Matter movement. You all ready for this? Are you guys ready for this? This is the next statement. Quote, Every one of us has a role to play in creating more, a creating more, a more, excuse me, just and equal society. Where there is no racism, bigotry, violence, or hate. We stand with all who act for positive change. That's the statement. You could fit what the next response was in a single tweet. In a single tweet. In a tweet. You you could fit that statement in a tweet. That was a Two-sentence mini-paragraph that you could fit in a tweet. A tweet. Not one word mentioned about George Floyd. Not one word mentioned about, you know, the support of the NBA brethren, a la LeBron James, along many of us, that are out there being activists and and promoting change and trying to end the systematic racism and oppression against black people in America. Not one word about that. Not one word about commending the protesters, even in your own city in New York city. Not one word, uh, rebuking police brutality. Not one word about <laughs> we'll give money. Will not, not one word about that. And never once, of course, did they give the phrase, Black Lives Matter. This is from the New York Knicks. A team that is worth millions, if not billions of dollars. That plays in the one of the most blackest cities in America, New York City. 
a team that is in a sport that's part of a league where their players are 75-80% black. A team that plays in a league where the sport of that league has fans that majority of them are black. Y'all don't see what the problem is here? I'm almost speechless about what I'm going to say next. Because every single time you think the Knicks have hit a new low, they come back and they surprise you and they reach somehow, some way, find a newer lower to sink to. I mean, this statement is a load of crap. It's egregious, is what it is. You had week and a half, two weeks. Two weeks after telling us that you weren't qualified to speak about this, and this is the statement you give? Really? That's the statement you give? With about two weeks to think about it, after hearing every nook and cranny in the sports media world and in the sports world critique you to the end of the earth, and that statement you come up come up with, a two-sentence-long statement you can fit in a simple tweet. And James Dolan wonders why fans in dozens, if not droves, want him to sell the team. That's a disgrace. That is an absolute disgrace. And Spike Lee is right. It's if you're a Nick fan, it is hard. Hard to be a fan of the New York Knicks with James Dolan as the owner. It is hard. And I will give Spike credit because he isn't the type that's going to, because the ownership stinks, he isn't going to jump ship and go run run over the Brooklyn. I give him that. Max Kelman, you can do that, whatever you want. But Spike, I applaud you and I commend you, my brother. Because that is what being a diehard, lifelong, loyal fan is all about. You love the team. Regardless, who is at the head of ownership? Us Baltimoreans, us Marylanders, we ride or die with the Orioles. We ride. ride. We, 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 we love our Orioles, man. We love them. Especially, especially the, the, the Orioles fan that's part of the older generations. We love our Orioles. But do you think we love the fact that Peter Angelos, that stubborn, old, frugal prick, is the owner of our team? Absolutely not. But in those older Orioles fans' case, they were Orioles fans long before Angelos bought the team. And if they somehow outlive Angelos, they'll be Orioles fans long after he sells them. Or in my case, I'll be an Orioles fan long after Angelos sells the team. So 
Same, same. You can do the same thing for Redskins fans. Redskins fans out there that hate Dan Snyder, hate him. But the Redskins fan that goes back to the glory days when Jack Kent Cook was the owner, they love the Redskins then, and they'll love the Redskins when Dan Snyder is has either long sold the team or sitting on his deathbed. So I give Spike that. But if you're a Nick fan, being a Nick fan is not easy with James Dolan as the owner. And it just proves to how incompetent he is as an owner and how terrible he is as a person. He can't take a shred of criticism, whether it be from the media or from his or from the fan base. He scares what fans he does have still attending Madison Square Garden. He scares them away. He shoot he he, he shoes them away. Whether it's saying go to the Knicks because the Knicks don't want you, banning them from the arena, or doing spike dirty like he did back in March. But James Dolan is an absolute disgrace. And if I'm Adam Silva, I know you got more important things to worry about as far as getting getting the NBA back. I understand that. I understand there's a pecking order that he has as commissioner of the NBA. But if I'm Adam Silva, I'm not trying to say create dirt and or create something to knock Dolan for. But I'm but if I'm Adam Silver, the small he is on if I'm Adam Silver, James Dolan is on thin ice. Very thin ice. Because if I'm Adam Silver, by now I'd be trying to find a way to force Dolan to sell the team. Is all he's doing is scaring away the few fans that he has left, mistreating all-time Nick greats that have been Nick greats and have been associated with the links, the links, with the Knicks long before Dolan bought the team, whether it be banning Oakley or not inviting Marv Albert to the 50th anniversary championship reunion, which would have happened had I been for Corona. Or screwing over, honestly, the biggest celebrity fan the Knicks have and the Oscar award winning producer and director in Spike Lee, who's who's been a fan long before don't even bought the team when it, who has also been a Knicks fan long before Spike Lee was Spike Lee. Spike Spike Lee was was just a kid growing up in New York. That that like many of us were that loved the basketball team. A lot of th- Spike Lee is you know he's, he's been you know he went to college in Atlanta. You know, I guarantee he's got a place out in Hollywood. 
But one thing that will never waver for him is his love for the Knicks. And he, hands down, is the biggest celebrity Knicks fan I can think of. The biggest one. I mean, he was he was sitting there courtside, drawing at Reggie Miller back in the long before Dolan bought the team. And Spike Lee and so many other black Nick fans and black basketball fans out there that are that are part of the fight and are for the cause of fighting for justice and ending. Systematic racism and police brutality in America, especially Spike Lee. James Dolan turns around and and produces and, and gives out that pathetic statement. I'm telling you, if I'm Adam Silver, Dolan has he he better not. It gives Silva in the NBA a reason to force him to sell the team. James Dolan is the worst owner in the NBA and is the worst owner. Worse than Snyder, worse than Angelos, and worse than Mike Brown. He is the worst owner in all of sports. Back after this. Welcome back to Metallica TIS podcast. Keep the music going. Um, a little quick show news to get to. Um, next week I will be debuting a new podcast series. Um, this I'll still be doing the weekly episodes, of course, but there's a little series I'm debuting next week called Everything Wrong With. Not to be confused with the Cinema Sins series when they critique and uh, analyze movies, but this will be more about everything that's literally wrong with uh, sports. Uh, so, with these little three episodes, I'll have, um, I'll do the three outside of hockey, because I don't know that much about hockey, and I wouldn't, and I want to, you know, bore you with, you know, I don't want to be the guy that thinks I know about something that I don't know about, because I'm not, you know, I'm not the hockey guy. Um... But so I'll do Major League Baseball first, which will be next week. NFL, then the NBA, and then uh, see if it, and if it gains traction. I'll do a second set of episodes with college sports and college football, basketball, and baseball. So look for that debuting uh, next week. Hit it.
I'll be basically uh, going over what's wrong with Major League Baseball. I'll touch on many uh, angles, many of uh, subjects, and reasons why, uh, th- why reasons why uh, baseball is failing, and how, in my eyes, they can fix it. So be on the lookout for that next week. But in the meantime, the Bee Gees. So, I enjoy that. Um, it's a good song, by the way, in case you uh, were living under a rock. Um, so, it was a good show today. Um, it touched on, it was a quick show today. Finally, for one side, I don't have to uh, come on the air and uh, scream and yell. Hopefully, I can get into sports stuff, you know, what's you know, on the field sports stuff, and not necessarily, you know, the uh, social justice and the and the uh, world issues that, you know, that relate to the sports world and are intertwined with the sports world. Hopefully next episode, I can actually talk some actual uh, sports unrelated. Even, I like doing it, don't get me wrong, but eventually, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, give it a, not, not give it a rest, but, you know, get off of it and, you know, to outbranch onto other stuff. But, um, it's a good show today. Um, touched on the Knicks, touched on, uh, and James Dolan touched on NASCAR banning the Confederate flag, touched on Jerry Jones, touched on um, Colin Kaepernick and his future. And I pretty much, we, uh, or excuse me, I uh, covered all the bases. So, if you like what you heard and you're new to the program, be sure to subscribe. Um, follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T-I-S. Follow your boy on Twitter at the J Shield. Share it with your friends, family, relatives, co-workers, etc. Um, I'm your boy Jai Shields. Talk to you next week for the new for the premiere of Everything Wrong with Me with Everything Wrong with. And I'll talk to you next weekend as well.